Hamzen, welcome to um, Mind Matters podcast, uh, which I'm delighted. Five years ago, we spoke. I know, crazy. <laughs> it's nuts. It's, uh, I can't actually get my head around how quick that five years has gone uh, and how much has happened for the both of us. So obviously for people watching this, Tamsin is a lady that I had the very great pleasure of being introduced to you five years ago, more than that, probably about six years ago. Um, so Tamsin Aster is the founder and chief habits scientist of Yoga Brain Coaching. She's known for giving her clients the tools to shift their mindset, organize their vision and improve their habits to create an efficient, productive business. We make 35,000 decisions every day, which leads to decision fatigue. Dr. Aster helps her clients reduce the amount of overwhelming decision making they do by harnessing their goal achieving machine, aka their brains. This also increases their time and energy for fun. Love that bit. Tamsin Aster holds a PhD in neuroscience and psychology and a postdoctorate in education. She has also has certifications in yoga, mindset and Ayurveda. She is an executive coach and the author of the book, Force of Habit, Unleash Your Power by Developing Great Habits. So, yes, there we go. Like, <laughs> nice, bright colour, dark font. Fabulous. <laughs> Nicely placed, too. Absolutely. <laughs> I know, yes, it's, it's quite right, too. Quite bloody right, too. Um, and we'll get the link in for that uh, uh, in the, uh, the bit the underneath. Show that's the one yeah thank you at least you know what i'm doing <laughs> I don't. Uh, right so tell me tamsin we had a, a a wonderful conversation last time um rather deep mm-hmm. uh very insightful very informative and um i've got a lot of great feedback about that one so to have you back on is an absolute pleasure so tell me what's what's been happening over the last five years? Well, goodness. So one of the big things that's been happening in the last five years, I've done a lot more speaking, which is really fun to get up on stage and be in front of audiences and get people excited about changing their life, changing their business, you know, changing their habits, thinking about their big juicy vision. Um, so that's been really fun. And of course, you know, with COVID, a lot of that was virtual, but it's been really fun to, you know, connect with people in a bigger, broader community way and not just in the one-on-one coaching. So that's been one of the big shifts that I've made in the last five years. And nice. then of course, you know, navigating parenting three kids through <laughs> the pandemic, of course, has been somewhat interesting. Um, you know, my children have all struggled in their own ways with mental health, physical health during the last few years. And that, um, you know, as a divorced mom has been really tough, you know, figuring yeah. out the co-parenting piece um, and figuring out how to, you know, make decisions that serve everybody well and be there in the best way that I possibly can for for my kids and, and my clients and my friends. Um, but I haven't been back to the UK in two and a half years and that's been really tough um I've never after 20 years of living in America had that long a gap um going back to the UK so I look forward to getting back to London at some point soon (laughs) (laughs) whenever yeah it's just who knows what's you know we just have to quite literally fly by the seat of our pants on this don't we you know it yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) frustrating um and with, as I'm sure you may well have seen, the travel industry in the UK has is, is been uh, 
rather slow in catching up with the uh, the sudden demand and the sudden levels of freedom. So it's um, yeah. yeah, kind of navigating crashed, crashed and burned. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we don't want to use those words in plain sight, Simon. I'm gonna just like get that out of my head for a moment. <laughs> Well, yeah, my wife works at Aberdeen Airport. She's a firefighter there. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, she doesn't have a a, um, a run of busyness. That would be... Yes, uh, yes. there we go. Let's yeah. put that good vibe out into the world, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Safest, safest form of travel still. So, yeah. happy days. Yeah. So, in terms of your 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 work, what's what have you been... What have you found the biggest challenges of the last... Well, since we last spoke, the last, properly over the last five years? What's What's really been... The biggest challenge that you've had to, to figure out? So, you know, the thing that's been really interesting um, in terms of the clients I serve in the last few years has been just the one of the areas that I've seen a lot of struggle with is the is boundaries um, right. between the different roles that people, you know, take on in their lives, right? And that's been a combination of COVID and working from home, but also in the kind of the hybrid model of working part from home and part from office have begun already for many companies with with things like Zoom and Google Meet and Teams and all of those, you know, um, softwares that a lot of people have, you know, fallen into a situation where they feel like they have to be on call for all their different roles all the time, right? So on call as a boss or an employee or as a team member and as a parent and as a partner and as a son or a daughter. And so what that has essentially done to many people is created such an overwhelming level of stress that they are dealing with huge mental, physical, emotional side effects from that, right? Because what we know from long-term stress buildup is it doesn't serve you, right? And particularly one of the, right? And one of the issues we see a lot in the US where there is much less regulation around vacation time, around maternity leave, um, is that most Americans don't take their full vacation, which is often as little as 10 days a year. Most yes. Americans check in via email or phone when they're on vacation, so they're not truly getting a break, right? Because there's this sense of fear, right? We know that 55 hours a week is the kind of maximum limit of productivity. When people work more than 55 hours a week, their productivity doesn't increase, it actually drops. But still yes. there's this expectation of if I'm not showing up and I'm not available and I'm not responding to that email to my boss at 10 o'clock at night, he's gonna fire me, right? And so what it's produced is this sense of like, you know, you're sitting there, you know, at your kid's hockey game and you're like checking a message from your boss and then you're also trying to deal with your 10 year old who's sitting next to you and then you're messaging your husband about like, frosting the chicken breast for dinner and you know ah yes. <laughs> right and the problem with that is that you know it becomes a habit right it becomes a habit to do yeah. to expect the adrenaline right and the bing and the ding and the reaction here and being needed you know so there is a sense of addiction and the craving of like busy 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 and like worshiping at the altar of busy 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 right which often doesn't change until there's a diagnosis right or a relationship ends or a kid says you never pay attention to me right you have one of those kind of like 
oh moments right where your doctor is like you've got diabetes or you've got the beginning of heart disease or you've you know you're you need to be on statins because of your blood pressure or you know your partner is like i think this marriage is over because you know you're always on your phone and you're not talking to me or whatever it is right and it's often not until we get to a crisis point that people recognize that so that's one of the big shifts that i've seen with the people i serve who tend to be highly intelligent successful career people who get to this point of being like how do i prioritize and how am i not living the life that i thought i would be living in the life that i really love like this feels so exhausting and overwhelming and i'm not showing up for the people i want to show up for you know yeah it's 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 quite bizarre in that respect you, with <laughs> ADHD diagnosis is 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 on the increase and it's almost like that description is that that people are almost that the society and culture it's almost like it's channeling people into a state of ADHD in order to 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 serve all the needs that they have to to serve Absolutely. And what we know from the research is that every time you get distracted, it takes 23 minutes to get back into that same level of concentration and focus that you had before. So I know I have an Apple Watch. I love my Apple Watch because it goes, get off your ass, go for a walk. You haven't <laughs> taken enough steps today. Or it goes, well done, Tamsin, you hit your goal for the day, you know? And so I love that aspect of it. But when I sit and I work or I'm having a conversation, I take it off because if my wrist is flicking with every text message, every LinkedIn alert, every, you know, and I can go in and change all those things and I've got a lot of them disabled, but still, you know, my kids texting me, all of that, I know I'm not going to be as productive because multitasking doesn't exist. What you're doing is you're quickly switching between the different activities, right? Yes. So yeah, absolutely. There's a, lot, there's a lot of women would want to argue that point, but there we go. I know, I know. And I'm like 98% of the population can't multitask. So how are you suddenly in that 2%? <laughs> yes, it's a it's a fun point to throw out, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the naysayers. Yes, it's... So how have you helped... What is it that you've... I mean, how has this affected you, all this... The, the impact because it's it's not just our clients that, that, that struggle with this we are constantly having to, to to manage this as well ourselves so how have you managed that for you and how has that translated into your clients so there's a few things that um i do personally myself and i never get my clients to do stuff until i've tried it out like that's one of my kind of core yeah. business um philosophies is that i need to i need to be the first um uh, subject slash victim, <laughs> you know, of the methodology, right? Yes. Um, so a few things. One is to create rituals, habits, routines around the things that you know allow you to be on track and do the things you need to do. So what do I mean by that? I mean, recognizing and identifying the practices that you can do every day, which allow you to show up. So most of the world, particularly the Western world, starts in a state of reacting to the external world by picking up their phone and checking their email, checking their tweets, checking their text, checking their Facebook messages, where you're then immediately going into reaction. So one of the things that I do and I tell all my clients to prioritize is start by looking at the internal world, right? How am I feeling this morning? 
how did I sleep? What's going on inside me? And what can I do to regulate that, right? So the three non-negotiables that I commit to every day every morning before I go into service mode, before I like even like feed my dog, you know, feed my cat, wake up my kids, anything else is I move, mm -hmm. I meditate and I journal. Yeah. So I call the three M's, the journaling I call mind dump. I'm like, let me just get it all out of there, right? And uh, the moving is I just have to, your, my body's been static for six, seven, eight, nine hours. So I've got to, you know, integrate all the different parts of myself by moving my body, right? The meditate is I need to prioritize, you know, becoming friendly with my mind, right? And I started studying Tibetan Buddhism and took refuge as a Tibetan Buddhist uh, nearly nine years ago now. I've um, okay. been meditating for nearly 15 years. And one of the things that I know from a consistent meditation practice is that it teaches me about myself, gives me grace, gives me pause to react, right? So all of those mental habits, I'm kinder to myself. I give myself more grace. I listen to myself. I get intuitive downloads more clearly, right? So I prioritize meditation. And I find that if I journal after meditation, what comes out in my journals, fucking brilliant, if you pardon my friend, <laughs> right? Because I've given myself that space Yes. To listen to myself, right? So sometimes my journal is full of like, I don't want to be thinking about this anymore. I got to change that. Or it's, this is a brilliant business idea I'm having. I need to put this into action and like reach out to my VA and be like, can you make this happen? I've had this brilliant idea, right? Yes. Um, or this person needs to meet this person because they can help each other in their business this way, right? So doing those practices where you are really focusing on your mental body, your physical body, your energetic body as a starting point of the day before you go into service, before you go into reaction, and the same with the end of the day. So starting and ending your day on your own terms, looking after your mind, looking after your body, looking after your energy, for me is a total non-negotiable in being a healthy human. I couldn't agree more. I do the same thing in my own way. Um, and everyone I speak to who asks for help, whether a client or a friend or whatever, I tell them the same thing, 100%. Mm -hmm. It just, it bookends the day, doesn't it? Yeah. Totally. In the right way. Yeah, right. Yeah. And routine is so important without routine, you know, it's okay to float through life in some, on some occasions, but we need structure and we need routine to give right. that focus and f focus and purpose, purpose <laughs> and focus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, and I it is. You speak English. <laughs> I understand you. It's all good. I'm sure everybody else does too. No, I mean, I think the thing about that too, Simon, that's so key is the kind of recognition that you can take control, right? And so often people come to me as a client or as a friend, or I see when I'm on stage, and I'm sure you have that same experience, where they feel like they've lost control. And they mm -hmm. feel like everybody else is making the decisions for them. And, you know, I sometimes describe it as being should on, right? Yeah. Whether it's explicit, like, yeah, yeah. you know, boss requiring things that don't feel exactly right, or society saying, as a white woman of this age, you should look this way, you should like this, you should weigh this much, all that kind of shit that society shoulds on us, right? So, yes. you know, dissociating from that, giving yourself some space from that and creating the routines 
that serve you so that you don't have to go into every day with the decision of what should I eat? Should I exercise? Am I going to meditate? Am I going to meditate before I walk the dog or after I walk the dog? Or am I going to take my kid to school and then I'm going to, ah, right? When you add all those decisions, you get decision fatigue and you end up not doing it, <laughs> right? True. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've been watching, so, and it's, 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 um, it's an ever-increasing theme when you, you know, on, I love watching other people's podcasts and mm -hmm. listening to stuff. And when I'm out walking my dog, I will listen to podcasts or, or, on, on YouTube or, or whatever. Um, and it's just, it's all this stuff is just coming up time after time after time. Mm. Yet there are so many people who just, yeah, no, shut it out for whatever reason, for whatever reason is going on, whatever's happening in their life right they're not because you've got to be ready right and well and you and also there's pain right i think yes. and that's something that i experienced last year like all three of my children ended up in hospital last year and i got to this point where i was in so much psychic pain from all of this that i didn't want to be in my own body i didn't want to be in my own head like it didn't feel like a place i wanted to be and for the first time in years i stopped meditating and journaling because i was like this doesn't feel like a nice place to be and that was a huge kind of like slap in the face moment for me because I saw the impact it was having on my life and the life of those around me because my I get much more reactive when I don't meditate. I make shitty choices about what I eat, about how I treat my body when I'm not meditating and journaling yeah, yeah. and prioritizing that kind of, you know, deep, you know, inner self care, right? right? Um, yeah. And it, you know, and I'd never had such a deep, you know, reaction to that before, because, you know, as our, as we talked in our last podcast five years ago, you know, one of my children's a cancer survivor. So I've been through the ringer of watching my children suffer before. Yeah. But it was when all three of them were all suffering in there that I just like I felt like my heart was caving in, you know, um, and yeah. that was just gave me a different sort of perspective on thinking about something that I thought was a was like a habit that was never going to die in, in my life, you know, and for that the first time I let go of those habits because I was like, Nope, I don't want to be here. Yes, and that's, you know, it's, it's, as, as, as we know, and many people watching this will know it, that it's a natural self protective mechanism, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because there comes a point where there's only so much awareness of the shit that's going on that we can yeah. tolerate. And we yeah. need that distance to right just to even just to exist let alone function right, right. the dissociation and i remember having yes. this conversation with my therapist of, of, of me going this feels unhealthy to me to dissociate and he said you know mm. fundamentally yes you want to be an integrated human but sometimes when we're in so much pain dissociation is an is a necessary moment a necessary yeah. step so that you can keep functioning until you're ready to heal and reintegrate yeah a, this but everything has its has its place isn't it and I, I, when having worked particularly re reflecting on working with with veterans but also mm -hmm. some uh, rape victims mm. that mindfulness is great at the right time mm -hmm. but having that heightened awareness of exactly how you feel and why you feel the way you do mm -hmm. you've got to be at the right point yeah to have that awareness and be immersed in it yeah. and have done some work first before you can do that. Yeah. You just 
it's that self-fulfilling prophecy otherwise isn't it right and i think also for me it was an interesting process of like the time heals all wounds sort of you know yeah. that we grow up hearing you know um and that for me you know the 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 the, the big traumatic event was in April last year and it's you know it's coming up for a year and it wasn't really until I was about eight or nine months into it that I could talk about this event in a way that felt that I didn't completely collapse and I could have some emotional distance from you know yes it's well knowing events it's yeah it's it's hard it's that's that's a lot of pain to deal with mm -hmm. a lot of yeah. pain to deal with so it's um it's really i've had yeah I've, i know from not to that extent not not with family but with uh, friends how what that's like and it's yeah it's tough yeah it's tough and uh you know fortunately you are in a wonderful position to have that education and experience and life experience and work experience to to kind of go okay right i know what's going on i can deal with this yeah and the, yeah. this is where how many of your uh, your clients um when they come to you initially are lacking self-compassion oh god it's so common it's, it's sort of you know and it's the you know the thing that i point out so often to my clients and i was having this conversation this morning with one of my clients about how like yes you know your brain is designed from an evolutionary perspective to point out where you're going wrong where you're failing how you're doing how you're doing things not right how you're you know not completing the things and that because you're trying to your you know your brain is designed to like you know scan the savannah and look for the you know the saber-toothed tiger and the woolly mammoth and the, the you know the the neanderthal with the with the spear right we have to pause and remember that there's that deep historical evolutionary programming and we have to go hang on like where have i succeeded what have i done well where can i be gentle with myself and be like yes and literally i've got one client who i'm like stop pat yourself on the back like just pause for a minute and stop this list of how you failed all the things that you've struggled with all the things that you've done wrong all the places that you haven't lived up to your expectations right yes brag pat yourself on the back right and also <laughs> yeah. like that really cool new research is coming out that when you brag it includes increases the nitrous oxide and so your blood vessels open up your arteries open up right yeah. the blood flows more and then you just feel better too right so brag it makes your systems work better <laughs> yes yes it does 100 percent. it does it, yeah. it it floods you with all sorts of good hormones it's just yeah, yeah it's it, it, quite literally a joy yeah uh, you know what and on that note during the pandemic i had i love tattoos i have okay. 13 or 14 and uh during the pandemic i got um when they open the tattoo parlors opened up again i got tattooed on my right thigh outrageous joy so every morning when i sit down to pee <laughs> the first thing i see is and it's written facing <laughs> me it's outrageous joy and Brilliant. i think okay like what can i do today to bring myself and the people i love and the people around me and i impact outrageous joy <laughs> right like because nice. it's a choice right 
Yes. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it can feel easier to just contract and withdraw and just, blah, right? I don't want to deal with the world and life and everything. So that's yeah. my daily reminder. I look nice. at my thigh. Outrageous joy. Well, <laughs> you never, you never leave home without it, do you? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always going to yeah. be there. And if I wear shorts in the summer, everybody else can be like, "What? What does that? What does that say?" Because <laughs> <laughs> it's upside down. It's because it's written for me. It's not for anybody else. You know. Yes. Perfect. That's really cool. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Right. So where were we? <laughs> um. Uh, I can't remember what the last part of our conversation was, Simon. Um. You were asking about, I was saying about my clients, the shifts. Oh, and, and my dissociation, I think was the last thing. That's been it, about. Yes. Yeah. That's and then, and that, and that, and my therapist had said it's okay to dissociate and that you'd said yes with rape victims. And yeah. I'm so glad you paid attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Honestly. <laughs> One of these days I'll learn. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, the self-compassion piece as well. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And there was something else I was going to ask about there as well. Um, yeah, it was actually, yeah, you obviously, you, the self-compassion piece with your, with your, with your clients and how, how do you find that piece with yourself? Right. Yeah. So it's interesting that. So yeah, so this client I have who I'm like, get him to like pat himself on the back, you know, um, I, it's, it's a practice, right? It's a practice yeah. to learn to have grace with yourself. And I think often we are our own worst taskmasters, you know, <laughs> sometimes, I mean, I'm not denying, sometimes, you know, we grow up in homes where we have a parent or a sibling or we have a boss or a, you know, major relationship that, you know, creates that dynamic or cultivates that dynamic. But often I find, particularly with my clients who are um, very successful and driven, you know, my, like the lawyers and the doctors and the architects who have that kind of, you know, there's a part of their business that I suppose is sort of entrepreneurial, right? And that they're creating all yes. of these deep intensive relationships with people and they're kind of figuring out how, where they want their business to go or what area to grow in, right? Um, and, you know, to be successful requires commitment and work and drive and comfort with failure and that sort of, rah, that push, that hustle energy, right? Oh. Um, which has its place and, you know, can create massive shifts and growths and bursts of success in our lives and business, right? However, you know, when we get into that, like we were talking about with the addiction quality of, you yes. know, being needed everywhere and responding to all of the dings and the beeps and the rolls and the, um, you know, the people um, and the requests is that when we get into that energy of like always striving, we never well, we don't allow ourselves the space to go, this is what I've achieved. This is what I've done. Like, yeah. -da, you know, this is the things that I've committed to and followed through on. And the way that I sometimes talk about it with my clients, which has been the way that I've kind of understood it in myself is that to be the most successful version of myself is I have to cultivate a deep self-trust. And the way that I cultivate that self-trust is to have commitments that I follow through on and goals that I set for myself and habits that will help me attain those goals, but that when I achieve them, I celebrate. And sometimes 
the thing that you have to focus on achieving is the doing of the actions rather than the result. And often we can get very, very hung up in the, I'm going to lose the 10 pounds by, I'm going to make 10K by, I'm going to whatever it is, right? Some, and it's really good to have those kind of concrete things because they help pull us forward, right? They create all the, you know, the neurological energy around manifestation and the coincidences and the people and the aligned action and all of that. But sometimes we take all these actions and we don't get the results. And that's sometimes where people can then fall apart and go like, why, what's the point? It doesn't matter when I change my diet, I don't lose the weight, you know, and sink into that kind of like, what's the fricking point energy, right? <laughs> and when you step back and go, but I took the action, I took the action and that's what I'm going to celebrate. I took the action, you know, I stood on the scales. I didn't have the second glass of wine. I made the 10 calls to potential clients. I, whatever your thing is, right? I took the action and I'm going to celebrate that because that in and of itself is a win. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's the cu cumulative effect of those steps. Right. Right. Rather than big wins are nice when you get them but they're not don't happen very often do they exactly 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 More often get a big slap in the face but that's... right right and and if you let those if you let those be the driver of your success and the marker of your success you're going to find it harder to keep going and as you and i know in the world of entrepreneurship you have to get comfortable failing and you have to get comfortable failing a lot and the more you fail and the more you fail forward the more you'll keep growing and succeeding and doing well but if you sit there going oh, i'm not ready Oh, I haven't got this all in that action. Oh, this is like, this is not quite right. The script isn't quite right. The words aren't quite right. I haven't got the lighting quite right. I, I still need to lose five pounds. My haircut's not quite right. I haven't, the website doesn't look quite, you know, all of the, the self-talky things that we do to stop ourselves from launching the program, launching the course, reaching out to the clients, you know, whatever it is, right? Eh -eh. <laughs> yep. Yes. And I, I can, I'll give you some... <clears throat> funny example of that i, I self-published a book last year oh well done trying, trying to get a publishing deals you know it's so hard isn't it it's well really and hard. even when you do i had a publishing deal for this book even when you do have a publishing deal you have to still buy the books yeah you still have to market them you still have to do the pro like even you know unless you're like oprah winfrey <laughs> you know yes you still have to do all of the current work but yeah. you get paid less because they're taking a bigger cut I had yeah well yes there is that 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 was it's <laughs> yeah. I had some very very kind people who because I I I I had no professional proofreading or anything like that going on so I had some very kind people buy the book and then inform me of all the errors in the book yeah <laughs> I wonder yeah. what I, I wonder what you look for in your life yeah yeah right exactly right and but it's where it, it's, it's, it's helped looking, you know it's wrong yeah yeah you know i just you know thanks very much i'll work on that in my own good time um because <laughs> if i was worried about spelling mistakes i'd yeah. I, you know I'd, I'd never get anything done <laughs> right absolutely um, yeah yes so yeah I, I failing forwards is absolutely it mm -hmm. um I use I often use the the analogy of my, my life is littered with a long line of heroic fuck ups. Yeah, right. Totally. Totally. <laughs> and and I think, you know, 
the thing that you know when you look at the that research on like the regrets of the dying and all of that kind of stuff yes mostly we regret you know what we didn't do rather than what we did you know yeah yes yeah absolutely absolutely um i saw something on that on a is a, a series on netflix about um near-death experiences mm. which was really interesting Mm-hmm. And, the, yeah, and there was no there was there were not one single person in any of those episodes mentioned anything about regretting things they did right absolutely 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 um, you have to take action because yeah. you can't create anything you can't do anything spectacular in the world if you won't take action yeah yeah it's all all fluff and veneer isn't it it's right totally totally so yeah makes makes no difference um so in terms of um that's kind of work challenges just kind of how have you have you navigated the last couple of years um because obviously with all the, the pandemic nonsense and, and and other other life events and i know you've you've touched on it you know your, your, your son had cancer um and successfully came out the other side of that smiling and probably just this magical wizard of a boy yes. um <laughs> which is yeah i was i was so buzzing after our last conversation about that it was really cool um so what's having been through that and obviously divorce and all that mm-hmm. stuff that teaches us all all sorts of all manner of wonders what <laughs> Can you hear my dog wailing in the background? Yeah, I can. <laughs> now it's my dog's turn. <laughs> yes. Yeah, your dog's whining. Mine's going to be yeah. snoring. Yeah, there you um, go. So what, what, how has that sort of stuff helped you navigate the last couple of years and last year in particular for you? Sure. And how has that kind of, and how again has that kind of shaped things again for you to move on? So I think, you know, the interesting thing about going through that kind of trauma and the trauma that I went through last year is that it teaches you a couple of things. One, which I think um, is so important, particularly in America, which is such a kind of independence focused country, is ask for help. Ask for help. Right. And I struggle with that anyway. I'm naturally incredibly independent. And I don't like being told what to do. And I'm like, I just gonna like, why would I ask someone else to do it when I can just go and do it? You know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm like, I live my life in action, right? So that has been a huge part of the whole process of going through these different traumas in my life. Um, you know, in 2018, I herniated a disc and I couldn't walk. You know, in uh, uh, in 17, I was stalked and hacked and I had to like hide offline for three months. You know, so I've gone through these events where when you try and do it all by my own, you know, which is my mom said, I used to say that as a toddler, you know, by my own, like, don't you tie my shoes for me, I'm going to do it by my own, (laughs) you know, so it's clearly like a lifelong kind of part of who I am, you know, Um, but yeah, asking for help, calling in the support, right, is so key. And we forget that sometimes that, you know, until relatively recently, we lived down the road from our mother, our grandmother, our cousin, our sister, our cousin, you know, and we lived in that sort of extended, you know, community. So support, ask for the support, call in the support, it doesn't make you weak. 
right it doesn't make you a failure right it makes you human right and a lot of people love to help so that would be one thing that i've really you know had to kind of you know really lean into and get comfortable doing um so that i could survive you know um you know having people show up with meals for me right having people come over and say let me walk your dog so that you can you know go to the hospital and handle this right um you know calling people that i wouldn't necessarily call so you know when when one of my children ended up in the hospital and i'd been there for 12 hours with my ex-husband i called my ex-husband's girlfriend and said can you go and let my dog out you know normally i wouldn't have said hey could you go over to my house yeah you know right but you know that's the sort of thing that i had to get comfortable doing right um the other thing i think is so key and that that sort of fits under the under the umbrella of asking for help is recruiting the support that you need to heal right so whether it's a therapist whether it's group therapy whether it's a coach whether it's you know all of the modalities of treatment and healing that we now have access to you know tapping you know, acupuncture, um, you know, EMDR, you know, classic Jungian analysis, you know, take your pick, CBT, DBT, all of the different things, right? Leaning into and finding support. And again, recognizing that you're not broken, that you're not a failure, that you're not, you know, subhuman, fail, you know, that there's something wrong with you for saying, I like, I've reached the end of my ability to cope with this on my own, I need help. And that's okay. Um, so that's an, another piece that I think is so important in that, and it's been really important for me and my children. And also, I say that to my clients sometimes. I'll say, like, I this I've got to a point with you on this issue where I don't have the skills anymore. I think you should reach out to somebody who is particularly trained in this area who can yeah. support you in processing this past trauma, for example. Right. Um, so being comfortable with knowing your limits and being okay with saying, I need help, you know, um, whether it's friends or whether it's paid for professional help is so, so key. Um, and then I think the other piece that has been really key to me, to me for healing and for my clients around this issue too, is really, you know, we, we think and talk so much about developing our bodies, right? going to the gym is it keto is it plant-based is it vegan is it carb this is it green smoothies is it whatever the hell it is right you know um am i doing the botox am i doing the cryogenic am i plunging in the lake am i doing infrared sauna therapy to heal my joints or whatever it is right and all of those things are great i'm not anti them but we have to also say how am i healing my mind and and it's not just the therapy piece but like the the daily self-work we need to do right you don't get a six-pack by sitting on the sofa and eating donuts right you get a six-pack by doing sit-ups doing squats doing the doing the work right changing the diet going to the gym right same with your mind you have to meditate every day you have to journal every day you have to catch your negative self-thoughts you have to be willing to reprogram those self-thoughts you have to be willing to do that internal work right which is not swallowing a pill some cases people swallow pills i'm not anti-swallowing pills but the point is that that kind of work needs to be done on your own terms and needs to be a daily committed practice so those i think for me are like the some of the huge parts of leaning into your you know support and cultivating you know healing long term yes Uh, beautifully put you know there's so many so many patients or clients however people want to classify themselves that both of us have helped them um 
seem to think certainly initially that therapy if it for, for lack of a better expression is something that's done to them they don't participate they turn up they get therapied, and then they go home right right <laughs> but that's not the case there right. is there is they need to go and put this stuff into practice mm-hmm. practice the techniques themselves go and explore it in other areas of life mm-hmm. spread it share the love around their entire life so that they make it as applicable as possible totally and totally and it's quite Right. And it's finding the people who will do that. And I think that's another part of it, too. Like I've had a variety of different therapists over the years. And my father is a Jungian psychoanalyst. So, you know, that was the sort of model that I grew up with as like the most helpful, useful model. But, you know, what was interesting to me is that the therapist that I have, he's trained in a lot of energy modalities as well. And what has worked for me is he'll will be talking and he'll look at me and go, you're dissociated, put, in your, put your feet on the ground. Stop right now, Tamsin, put your feet on the ground and breathe. Mm-hmm. And he can see when I'm like spinning into like blah, 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 blah. And he's like, ah, 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 you, like, you need to integrate again, you know? And that for me has been hugely healing, that, that being challenged and noticed when I'm starting to like blah, 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 and like leave my body and kind of, you know, spiral. And he's like, ah, you know, and he catches me. And that, you know, in traditional therapy settings, I haven't had anybody ever look at me in that way, read my energy in that way, and be willing to point or if they have, they haven't been willing to point it out, because that's not part of the formal therapeutic relationship to be like, stop talking, look at me now, (laughs) you know, and it's really and he said that to me when we as we got as we started working together, he's like, are you comfortable with me doing this? Because I think this is what's going to help heal you and support you, (laughs) you know, people need challenge because yeah. their whole belief set and these limiting decisions that they make facilitate all their behaviors yeah. and their language and yeah. their thought processes. And it needs yeah. to be yeah. given a bit of a, a, a metaphorical slap. Totally. 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 Otherwise they just sit and fester in their own bullshit for the rest yeah. of their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I tell people up front, there are times I'm going to tell you things and say things to you that you're not going to like because they're true. <laughs> you're going to be like, but, ah! <laughs> but, but we're going to, but we'll work through it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Challenging is good. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the kind of edge where the growth happens. Right. And that, I mean, and that's one of the things that I say to my clients too. And when I ask for referrals, as I say, I want clients who are comfortable with me challenging them. You know, I need you to feel comfortable and safe enough with me that I can push you and go, ah, is that really what's going on? Let's lift the hood and look a little bit deeper inside there because you're not going to change your behaviors. You're not going to change your thought patterns. You're not going to change the way you show up and your results if you keep doing the same damn thing and you're not willing to look at why am I doing this or what might be triggering me to do this action or not do this action. Yes. Yeah. It's um, and it's again, it's like. uh, You've got to be in the right headspace. Mm-hmm. it's got to be the right time for you to have that level of acceptance to go right okay and that can take some time yeah totally but, um and it's that happens throughout each stage doesn't it you've got to have acceptance at each stage in order to move on to, to be willing to do the work to get to the next stage right and i think there's an interesting piece too and i'm having that right now with somebody in my life of you know i've i've 
put down a foot and a boundary around something and I'm not sure that they're going to do the work. So then the question is whether or not I, you know, you know, change the status of the relationship because of this, right? Because I have very strong feelings about this and because it ties in with my value structure. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that, too, and that ties back to what I was saying earlier about self-trust, you know, when we get clarity around what are the things that are important to us, sometimes we are we we are willing to then if we want to evolve and go put ourselves in a situation, you know, with a therapist, with a coach who will go, ah, now you said this was important to you and that you were not going to do this anymore or say this anymore or do that thing. And you just told me, tell me more about why you just you know, broke that trust, that, you know, commitment to yourself, right? Yes. And that's, do you, do you you get your clients to sign some sort of agreement to commit fully to themselves? Yes. Yeah. 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 You go, right. You, you bloody signed this. Show up. Do it. (laughs) Show up for yourself and I will show up for you too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's, um, it's good to have that backup. Yeah. 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 And, and, and part of that is being comfortable with, with the challenge, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like entrepreneurship has been my biggest like self-development course ever. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's quite phenomenal. Um, the ability to, to compartmentalize things. Uh, and to kind of not the multi but to be able to kind of pour focus into one thing for a certain length of time and then step out and go right now I've done that what do I need to do now absolutely and try and it is it's constant I mean life is a constant juggling act but yeah this is but it's also it's that reflection on like why did I say that why did I do that why did they not did that not come across clearly like this is what I meant to say why did they take it this way you know and I find it too I've been teaching yoga for about 15 years and I'll say something about a relationship between a joint you know and another joint and like half the room will do one thing and the other half will do something else and I'll think well huh (laughs) you know I thought it was really freaking clear when I said lift your pubic bone towards your rib cage and like roll your tricep this way you know and half the room is not getting it so then I'm thinking okay I need to find another way of communicating that right and I feel like entrepreneurship has that whole of like did did that make sense okay why is that not happening what do I need to do here oh I need to be really okay let go of my ego this is not about me it's about (laughs) yeah it's a challenge. It's a real yeah. challenge. But it's fabulous. I love it because we grow and learn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think it does. You have to you have to um, rein this thing all the more because you don't have that safety bubble. Yeah. Of employment. Yeah. Right. 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 And again, like for me, I have you know my 10 reasons why that I read every morning. Why do I do this business? Why do I care about it? And my ultimate big goal is freedom. Freedom for me and the people I serve, right? Freedom is my big driver, is that I want people to have lives where they feel they have freedom of choice, freedom over their bodies, freedom over the way they make money, freedom over the relationships they have, freedom to have fun, freedom for outrageous joy. (laughs) Yes, because life's too fucking short not to. Don't you know it? Preach. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, 
it's crazy it's crazy so tell me what's what's what are you working on at the moment and what's what kind of what's the next the next thing for you so the next big step is to get is to get on stages a lot more because I want to spread my message more. I want to have more impact. I desire to have more impact. I am really excited about sharing my message with more people, which is really that you can create the life that you desire and that you love by doing three key things articulating the life you'd like. So starting to lay the neural pathways, think about it, talk about it, pull in the people who will support you doing the daily habits that are going to get you there and being comfortable changing those, working on those, playing the kind of iterative cycle of like, when I do that, that is getting me to my big vision. And then that daily mindset work. How am I talking to myself? What am I letting people do? Why am I being clear about my boundaries? What kind of boundaries are important for me right now? Right? So those having that trifecta to keep you on track, like the, the day, the, I call it the, the microscope is the daily habits and the, the future bit is the telescope and the mindset's going to keep you back and forth between those two. Yes, so yes. I want to get on some more stages and be like, hello, people, let me tell you that this is the way you can create a life that you love and brings you joy and passion and gives you space for all the things. Um, yes. I um, am doing a lot of one-on-one coaching, which I love that intimate, deep container. And I've shifted the way I've done that. I'm doing that this year 22 where it's much more high touch it's weekly rather than bi-monthly they get voxer access so they can check in with me they have their own little google dropbox dropbox or google drive depending on the client and their safety needs um you know where all of our session notes and growth work and meditations and all that are dropped so they feel like they're really contained within that relationship which i love and i'm seeing much bigger you know transformations in my clients which i used to have more of a like here's the work do it i'll speak to you in two weeks yeah and i realized that people were not always doing it even if they were really committed to it because they needed to be hey i'm here i'm listening how'd it go did you follow through on that what worked did it did it you know and that and it's that process of you know that sort of iterative process like how are you following along did you fit fill out your goal sheet that is really helping transform people's lives so yeah. i'm really excited about that good that sounds like fun <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is because it's being really intimate and that's what i love it's like that deep container you know where somebody really trusts me and opens up and really shares like, you know, what they're struggling with and that we can co-create. You know, one of my clients who I worked with a bit last year and then he had some personal things going on and we started working again under this new model this year. And, you know, one of the things he said to me which blew my mind was, I never really realized that it was, I could create a life I loved. I've just been following the prescription. Yeah. And he, and I, and and like, and he teared up and it was just this real moment of like, wow you can it is in your power to do that you know and it's so joyful when you step back and go i can create my life my way yes and it's a privilege for people to trust you like that isn't it it really is oh yeah it's yeah it's a it's it's a great thing when you see them kind of transform themselves yeah it's lovely yes okay so pearls of wisdom (laughs) what's what's keep it more if we keep it to the last couple of years mm-hmm. what what do you think are the biggest takeaways you've had that have impacted your life really positively mm-hmm. 
um and how are they how how kind of how have they impacted your life positively in terms of you kind of charging forward in life and how are you going to transmit that to other people so one of the things that has been really interesting to me is that i have always been very passionate about what's going on in the world moving to america in my mid-20s made me an activist in a different way because i'd grown up in very kind of open-minded central london with parents who had mixed race friends and gay couples and you know i never really thought about abortion rights and all of that kind of crap living in london you know because i lived in a privileged world with with overeducated people where everybody was welcome right and all ideas were welcome moving yeah. to the midwest in my mid-20s you know where access to abortion you know the trans kids queer kids one of my children is in the lgbtq community are treated the regulations and rules around all of that m has made me an activist so one of the things though was that i found was that when i would stand up for that is that i would feel so emotionally drained and exhausted Okay. And so I created for myself a rubric that allowed me to take my activism out into the world, but that didn't energetically drain me. So I created a value structure of this is what I believe, this is what's important to me, right? Um, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, all of the things that are important to me, women's rights, LGBTQ rights, animal rights, etc. Um, and decided with this written, clear value structure statement, I would put that into action in terms of the money I would donate every month. So I'm putting money into these organizations that I value and that follow through on these freedom goals that are important to me. And that I would be willing to, you know, argue with people on social media up to a point. So I made a very clear rubric after having some very sort of difficult conversations with people, um, particularly during the Trump era and that election cycle going, I'm going to do, I'm going to give it three shots. I'm going to have three, arguments and then i'm going to end the conversation and if it gets aggressive i'm going to block the person right so i came up with a very specific rubric that allowed me to do that so i know that's quite a long answer but the point of that is getting clear on what's important to you getting clear on your values on your beliefs on you know your um whatever you want to call it your personal motto your personal statement right getting clear on what is important to you and then thinking about how you can put that out into the world, which allows you to live through that, but doesn't energetically exhaust and drain you. Because one of the things I've seen a lot of during the pandemic are that is burnout. Yeah, and yeah. that is not a way to live, right? No. So that following through, through a sort of step process, I think is really key. Okay. And that's, that's going to be a very personal method, isn't it? Right. Everyone's going to, people are going to have to figure out their own based on their values. Right. Etc. So, yeah, that's um, nice. I like that. Setting very clear boundaries. Right. And boundaries, again, ties back into, you know, a sort of, I guess, a theme of this conversation, which is self trust. Right. Yes. And, you know, if you make these commitments to yourself and the people around you, following through, cultivates and strengthens that self-trust which to me is so important and the more i do that the happier i am and the more aligned i am yeah uh, essential essential <laughs> to achieve in life yeah yeah um grab it with both hands when you can because it's it, you know it's hard to hold on to
(laughs) It takes work, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's another thing too, is that, you know, it's simple, but it's not easy, right? Yes. Commitment, consistency, as you said, show up, do the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make it happen. Yeah. There's a nice, that, that old ex, um, expression, fake it till you make it. And then there was a, a kind of a reframe of that was it, fake it till you become it. Yeah. Right. Right. Which I really liked. Right. Because it's about laying those neural pathways down. It's about behaving as the person you want to become. Right. So, you know, I've been reading this book called We Should All Be Millionaires, which is all about kind of, you know, smashing the patriarchy and women and particularly women of color, you know, stepping into earning more money and being comfortable with that and creating the structures to support. And one of the things she talks about is, you know, broke ass decisions versus million dollar decisions. You know, (laughs) what frame are you using to make that decision? You know, right. My life would be easier if I had a cleaner. Oh, I'm not making enough money to hire a cleaner, so I'm not going to hire a cleaner. I'm going to keep vacuuming and, and, you know, cleaning the toilet at two in the morning, even though that means that I can't show off my job, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's superb. So your book. Yes. Where will people find this? Or where, not where will, where can they? On Amazon. Amazon KUK or Amazon.com, depending where you are in the world. force of habit unleash your power by developing great habits (laughs) excellent okay well i will put the link i'll get the link and i'll put it in to make life easy for people great um so yes listen tamsin thank you it's been um a delight to catch up after five years (laughs) that's wonderful (laughs) it feels like about five weeks i know it's crazy isn't it yeah. Um, I will also give you, I hope that's okay, the link to my Facebook group because what I've been doing there is doing weekly tea with Tamsins where I drop some little pearls of wisdom. But I'm also, all, you'll find all of my content in there. So if you like what I've talked about, you can find podcasts. You're my first podcast from five years ago, you know, YouTube videos, Facebook lives, blog posts, so that you can, if something sparks your interest, you can find more information there. And that's more live and updated than my book. Fantastic. Okay. Now that's really cool. We'll make sure everything is in, is in the, uh, the show notes for this and yeah. And if you, uh, well, I don't, not if I know people will have thoroughly enjoyed this hearing what you have to say and hearing about your life and your work, um, then yeah, get in touch. Please do. Because I know for a fact, Tamsin is a fantastic coach and does great work. So yeah, please do get in touch with her. Tamsin, thank you so much. Thank and, you uh, so much. We'll, uh, I know, I know we'll, we'll, we'll catch up again at some point, no doubt. <laughs> Fabulous. All right, thanks, Tamsin. Bye.